Well, good afternoon and welcome. Here we start a fresh work week. It's 4.05, and uh, I know a lot of people just uh, maybe getting into the day, having spent the better part of the night at the legislature banging on the doors. (laughs) making some noise outside. Wow, what was that all about? I mean, this is going straightforward. Let's be honest about this much. Uh, And it's usually the same folks. Somebody had uh, proffered the suggestion the other day, why don't we get facial recognition, uh, whatever the uh, technology is, and you'd probably see the same people showing up at every one of these resistance type of protests. But this is where the second reading has uh, gone about because the six and a half required hours were put in overnight. And uh, I guess tomorrow is, well, one of those days where they've got to go to the international plowing match in Kent County. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's serious. It's it, No, I'm not making this you up. You and the circuit. This is, well, well, this is considered a big to-do. And uh, all parties, you know, this is a bipartisan kind of thing. They show up at the international plowing match. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know what they're cultivating down there, but still, uh, it's kind of a reprieve from the doings at the legislature. And then they'll come back, I guess, on Thursday, because on Wednesday, the premier is slated to be in Washington, where he's going to get an update on the NAFTA talks. And who knows, maybe he'll wade in there and settle this thing once and for all. Of course, it's not his purview entirely. We know that. But he's still got a lot of input as far as the manufacturing base, such as it still exists in Ontario, dealing with steel, automotive, and agriculture. And he'll have some fresh thoughts on agriculture, having attended. Wait <laughs> for it. Fresh. There you go. What's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, Doug, what's that on your boots? Uh, but anyway. Fresh. Yes. And he, uh, he is going to uh, make the plea or the case to, I guess, well... Our negotiating team, uh, whomever he's going to meet with, they didn't give us a lot of detail, you see. But still in all, it's uh, something that I guess Doug Ford is going to be back Thursday with the rest of the legislature. And I think they'll seek royal assent, uh, everything, all in one fell swoop on Thursday. And then everybody here in the city will have two days to get their ducks in a row and contest the election October 22nd. Because to this point, they've not yet moved the date. And you know... A lot of people are clamoring and, you know, notwithstanding, there you go, uh, all this hullabaloo surrounding the fact that this is a hijacking of democracy. Let's put that aside because I think we've already, uh, you know, laid bare that argument. It's, you know, part of the democratic process when it's right there in the charter to begin with. And by the way, there's going to be an interesting ruling from the Court of Appeal tomorrow as to whether or not, because the government also appealed the original decision by Judge Bellababa. And so if... The appeal is uh, upheld. What it means effectively is that Bill 5 goes back into business or, you know, basically uh, it's, yeah, Bill 5 and they don't need the Bill 31 that replaced it that introduced the notwithstanding clause. So it'll be interesting because they've also, uh, I guess, filed for a stay on the proceedings, but uh, the appeal is the big story. That's coming out tomorrow. And (laughs) while... They're at the international plowing match. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. We'll talk about it. You know, the, the fact that October 22nd is still, what, four and a half weeks out? Very soon. Well, you know, yes and no. It's still enough time to contest a municipal election. I know uh, Uli Watkiss, who was a city clerk, is saying everything's in turmoil, might not have time to turn it around for 2.3 or 2.6 million votes. Where there's a will, there's a way. Well, take, take, take. It's a deadline business. Yeah. You know, a lot of people scramble and put things together on the fly. I've often marveled, you know, when we talk about the infrastructure and uh, building bridges and things, 
the Army Corps of Engineers during wartime, they get it done in like a, you know, 48 hours. Get her done. Well, yeah. So, you know, it's just a case of uh, if you've got the will to do it, the political will, whatever, uh, you'll just hunker down and you get it done. But still, <sighs> my oh my. Well, you'll see how they're going to clean up the situation down there in the Carolinas. What a mess. Well, yes, it is. And uh, this is a big storm. Florence is sort of now a tropical depression. Uh, the number of lives lost, you know, any life lost is considered to be a tragedy, but still not as significant as, you know, years past when we didn't have all these, uh, well, the Doppler radar to begin with to tell you how severe the thing was going to be coming in. And plan and and listen to the reports and follow those reports. And all kinds of preemptive action Mm -hmm. taken. So, you know, what was the last count? 15, I think. Trump may dispute that. He did in uh, Puerto Rico. Oops. That's a whole other story. I've got to be honest. But uh, this is where the rain that's just incessant there and has risen... They say that the streams and the rivers, uh, this is where the real damage will come, you know, later this week, actually, because they're swollen and uh, they can't absorb all the water. And that's when uh, you've got these flood basins, which will leave a lot of people in uh, serious distress. So hopefully, again, no uh, no more loss of life from the heavy rains that uh, will peter out midweek and then sort of make their way up the Ohio Valley. You know, I mean, this is something else, making it rain. Somebody made it rain on the Highway 400 uh, on Sunday afternoon after 4 o'clock. I didn't hear much of this story, but Global News was reporting that around 4 p.m. yesterday, on Highway 400 near 7 in Vaughan, suddenly $20 bills were flying everywhere. Were they real 20s? Well, this is a good question, because uh, I noticed where some of the wags who were weighing in with their own uh, tweets and such... One says, scary is that folks stopped on a busy highway to grab the loot. Dangerous. Somebody else says, I bet somebody probably made some bad photocopies and threw them on the road to see how stupid people were. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) it's, well, you know, it wasn't the first time. There was a a while back, I guess it was, uh, oh, maybe 10 years ago or something, a Brinks truck. The back doors blew open and all kinds of money flew out. Like a movie. Yeah, and folks were stopping and picking it up and the traffic was chaotic. It had to come to a standstill. And there was, I guess, some some busybody who decided to take down license plate numbers of those who were scooping up the cash, and they all got reported and had to return it. I mean, I don't know how much they returned. How much they got back. If there were pennies on the dollar. But this is an interesting one where somebody out there uh, made it rain, which is, by the way, that's an expression when you've got these rich athletes, they go into the strip clubs and they start peeling off ones or tens or whatever the number of the denomination they can afford because they got too much money, right? And they start making it rain. They just throw the bills around like rain. And I can't understand the modern day athlete. I got to be honest with you. As a matter of fact, this Buffalo Bills player yesterday during halftime decided he'd had enough. I mean, I can understand because I was watching the game and I'd had enough, but I wasn't in uniform and my teammates weren't counting on me. You weren't on the field. No. Right. But this guy, uh, 30-year-old Bills cornerback Vontae Davis, decided not to play in the second half. And according to one of the announcers, uh, he might have actually left the stadium, put on his street clothes and left the stadium. I'm out of here. That's what he basically said. He his uh, equipment and left. said he did not mean to disrespect anyone and had realized during the game that, quote, he should not be out there anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, somebody take it upon themselves to make that decision unilaterally? I mean, a guy in the 
the orchestra, you know, <laughs> yeah, the third violinist right there in the, in the middle of Musetta's waltz. He decides, you know what, I can't That's handle this. And, yeah, Unjin's getting on my nerves. I got to quit. And he leaves. I mean, this is going to re- leave a real gap. Unjin's so nice. How could you leave on that guy? Well, that's true. But uh, the point is that you you just don't up and leave, do you? Look, but when they said 30-year-old Buffalo Bills cornerback, I went, right there, there's your answer. It's a millennial thing. Oh. Is it? Well, I don't know. Is it something that, uh, because some of his teammates were saying it was disrespectful. Now, if you uh, were to do this in your own work, you know, and I'm sure sometimes people have had that inclination just to say, screw this and get up and leave. And no matter what your position is, you know, <laughs> you're in the operating room, you're working on a guy's brain. <laughs> and so, suddenly, yeah, the doctor's had enough. Put down the scalpel. I'm out of here, Jim. Uh, so I don't know if this is an. <laughs> We'll talk about it a little later in the program, whether this guy's a genius or a jackass for following his muse or disrespecting his his teammates. He could have hung in maybe one more half and alerted them after the game. But right at halftime, there's something going on there. As I say, I sometimes don't understand the modern-day athlete. But, you know, there's another form of quitting, and it really isn't quitting. It's what Leona Alsev Olislev, Olislev. I never heard of her till today. I mean, she's from uh, the neighborhood, though, the GTHA, uh, Oak Ridges, no, Aurora Oak Ridges, Richmond Hill. And she was elected as a liberal in 2015. She served as a captain with the Royal Canadian Air Force. And uh, long story short, she decided at 135 today, she is leaving the Liberal Party. She said she'd taken an oath to serve her country while serving as a member of the Air Force, and she no longer felt she could do that in the Liberal Party. And so uh, Scheer welcomed her with open arms. It's really kind of an interesting situation because, uh, well, here's her announcement. First, let's get it directly from her. This is, again, MP Leona Alislev saying that she's switching teams. After careful and deliberate consideration... I must withdraw from the government benches to take my seat among the ranks of my conservative colleagues and join Her Majesty's Royal All right, well, uh, they all went crazy. And when I said switching teams, i got to be careful with the terminology. I mean... Uh, Easy, cowboy. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. I want to be more explicit because that leaves a lot open to interpretation. Uh, she is actually leaving for the conservative benches, to which point the leader, Andrew Scheer, says he's pleased to welcome Alice Lev into his party and is making her part of his shadow cabinet. As a member of the Conservative Caucus, Leona's perspective and expertise will be extremely valuable as we continue to build a team that can solve these complex problems and will demonstrate to Canadians that we are worthy of their trust in 2019. That's why I've asked Leona to serve as the Conservative Shadow Cabinet Secretary for Global Security. Well, all right, so she's in the shadow cabinet right away, off the hop. Uh, You know... I sort of have reservations about this, and I'll tell you why. Uh, she so, sort of spells it out in her own tweet. To my constituents, I am the same person you elected in 2015. I believe in a strong federal government that leads Canadians, but to achieve what you demand of me, I must change parties. Now, uh, sometimes, you know, you have to follow your beliefs, even if it means sacrificing everything you do. Just Ooh. do it. Oh, sorry. For a minute there, I lost my head. I thought it was Colin Kaepernick. Uh, no, but this is where you've got to ask uh, a fundamental question. Was she voted in as a liberal or was she voted in because she's Leona Olislev? 
Uh, do people vote the person or the party? And, you know, I guess you'd get split answers on that. It was interesting in the provincial election, just contested back in June, I noticed where even some some liberals decided that the brand was so toxic they didn't put it on their campaign signs. So it left it kind of ambiguous. So, you know, again, this was a point where they were hoping to impress upon the voters that, hey, uh, vote for me. You might have come to the town halls, listen to the debates, yada, yada. And uh, I'm the person who's standing here. Don't disregard the party, even though I'm somewhat affiliated with it. So this is what I'm going to ask. I want to open the lines. Is this the first order of business on the Monday edition? Because, uh, I mean, it's considered a coup for sheer in the conservatives. And I can get that there is a point of view that a person has if they feel that they're somehow disenfranchised by the lack of uh, or maybe the stated policy of the government that they have served. But uh, she said she'd taken an oath to serve her country while serving as a member of the Air Force. My oath is to my country and to not to my party. Do not accept the status quo. Our country is at stake. So she's quitting the party halfway through her mandate. <laughs> Must be a millennial. No, she's like the <laughs> Buffalo Bills guy, right? It's kind of the same idea. But uh, in this instant, obviously, there's... Uh, a certain principle that's been stated here very emphatically by her. Do you support her in this regard? And, you know, Justin Trudeau weighed in. As a matter of fact, he said, this is something we allow for in our system. I wish her well in her decision. He could uh, not state otherwise. I mean, because there have been occasions where people have quit the conservative. Belinda Stronach left the conservative party and went to the liberals. And they pounded the desk and applauded, just as you heard the stuff from the conservatives uh, earlier. And this is why... You know, I mean, everybody wants to uh, recruit somebody from the other side. You know, it looks good on them. It does discredit to the party in power in this case. So do you believe, though, that this is the right decision or should she have stood down and then contested in a by-election? Despite the cost that would be involved and so on and so forth. Was this an honorable decision? Yes or no? You tell me. 870-6400. We're going to start on that note. We'll also talk about, well, the long day's journey in tonight. Last night, overnight, where uh, six and a half hours of debate, pass, uh, second reading, uh, pass the uh, legislation moving forward, the notwithstanding stuff. But uh, depending on the outcome of the appeal tomorrow, we'll talk about that one as well and whether a matter of a month and change is enough time to contest a municipal election. We'll also update uh, stories to do with the housing market in the GTA, as we are wont to do from time to time. We'll get around to that and Lou, too, with a look at business. Right now on the Liberal member crossing the floor, joining the Conservatives earlier this afternoon to congratulate or condemn. Do you believe that it was uh, an honorable thing to do?